for downloading our latest podcast from Cathedral of Praise Church in Rockhampton. You're about to hear another message from our senior pastor, Claude Bingleton. You have to, as you consider a man who wrote much of the, uh, of the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, you would have to um, acknowledge that this man had great confidence. You would have to acknowledge that um, um, this confidence in God was truly out of the relationship that he knew him. And he still, in his prayer, uh, said that I want to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. He wrote that near uh, the end of his missionary life and journey. Um, but he said, I still want to know him and, uh, and, and to know him personally, intimately, and the power that raised Jesus from the dead. And he met him on the Damascus Road. He was literally had a transportation into heaven where he talks about in 2 Corinthians 12 of, of, of his experience. Um, but he said, I still want to know him and I want to know what breaks his heart. I want to know what moves his heart. Uh, th- uh, that's what I believe it means in the fellowship of his sufferings. Um, um, and when you consider the Apostle Paul, he said, I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that, that he is able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. And so he was a man of great confidence, man of, out of a relationship with Jesus. But he also called himself the chief of sinners. Um, and yet he was under no condemnation. He wasn't saying he was committing sin. He was just saying, I was the chief of sinners because I wasted the church of God. I was an enemy of the gospel. And um, um, really, he regarded the terrible things that he did in persecuting the church that made him the chief of sinners. But yet in his own heart, he felt no condemnation because of the grace of God, because of believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the scripture says in Romans 8 verse 1, of all the rotten part things that he did in the past, in zealousness and in righteousness, which he thought was a righteous act, uh, in putting the church people into prison and some having been uh, put to death, um, um, he began to recognise that he's not under any condemnation because of the terrible things that he did in the past. And the Bible says there is now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. We can understand that what he's saying in Romans 5.1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. When you know that you're not under condemnation, you have an experience of a relationship of having peace with him. Now in laying that foundation, I want you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. For here the Apostle Paul writes these words in verse in verse. Um, um, uh, maybe four and five. Great is my boldness of speech towards you. Great is my boasting on your behalf. I'm filled with comfort. I'm exceedingly joyful in all our tribulation. For indeed, when we came to Macedonia, our bodies had no rest. For we were troubled on every side. Outside were conflicts. Inside were fears. And sometimes I think that we as believers aren't as transparent as we ought to be with the Lord in our walk with Him through life from time to time. And you will find that there will rise sometime in your life fears. And you will have to wrestle them. And Paul speaks of his fears having to fight them. This giant of the apostolic age of the of the early New Testament church, who, as I said, wrote much of the, uh, of, of, of the New Testament. 
these fears that he's speaking about here has got nothing to do with his identity. See, sometimes we think that fears have got to do with our identity. Most of the times they don't. And I love the transparency of the man who had such a wonderful relationship with Jesus and get comforted by this. Now, can I say to you, I'm not aware of any fears that um, I'm having to wrestle with or have had to wrestle with in the last... I don't know, but at least all this. Well, no, no, I wasn't wrestling with fears when I was in Dubai and I physically collapsed. No, I wasn't panicking at all. I was just, couldn't do anything about it. I wasn't struggling with those fears of what might happen to me or whether I'd end up in hospital, whether I'd have a heart attack or whether I'd have a stroke. None of that went, no, none of that took a hold of me, truly. And I, I just abided and rest in him. But fears at times can surface in our hearts from time to time and we have to wrestle with him. But this has nothing to do with our identity. It's got more to do at times with our humanity. Everybody say our fears has more to do with our humanity than our identity. David the giant slayer, not Jack and the beanstalk, David the giant slayer said, I sought the Lord and he delivered me from all my fears. Psalm 34, verse 4. In other words, he recognised the fears that were within him. This man that, that, that slew the lion and the bear and then as a boy took on Goliath and brought him down. Um, but, but there were times when he had to seek the Lord to be delivered from his fears. Abram, who became Abraham, the father of the faithful, he had inner fears. And if you come with me to the book of Genesis, chapter uh, 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 15, you will find that the Lord speaks to him after he had won a great battle. He'd rescued his nephew Lot. And um, um, uh, the scripture says, and after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid. You see, when the Lord speaks to us, oh, I never try to justify anything when the Lord speaks to me. If the Lord ever comes to me and speaks to me, Alva knows me this well, that, that, and so does my staff, that when the Lord speaks to me about something, I'm listening. I don't try and say, oh no, I'm all right. I, I hear what he's got to say to me. And here is this, this, this father of the faithful. The Lord comes to me and says, now don't be afraid. I'm your shield and I'm your exceeding great reward. God doesn't condemn us for our fears. He wants us to give us Victory over them. Anybody say amen. You see, there are so many people that feel so condemned if they're believing in Jesus, they shouldn't be afraid. I think in truth, fears can be associated um, um, uh, with, with, with the events um, that may be taking events that we've got no control of that could be taking place around us. If you come with to me and Jesus is talking about end time events in Luke 21, uh, he says in verse uh, uh, 26, men's hearts failing them from fear, expecting those things which are coming up on the earth for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. In other words, there are events that are out of their control. Men's hearts will fail them for fear with the expectation of those things that are going to happen. There are people whose hearts are failing them for fear. Fear brings us into a place of dismay. Fear brings us into a place of bondage. And it is that God 
in his graciousness, wants to minister to us. But sometimes we can find that fear is there because of an opposition to the gospel. And if you come with me to Philippians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul speaks of this. And um, uh, he reminds us and and writes to the church and should write to us. And he's saying to the church here, he says um, in verse 28, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries. There is an opposition to the gospel. And he writes the same thing to his, uh, to his son in the faith. Um, and, and he says to him in, uh, in Timothy, I think it's chapter, um, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8. Have a look at this. He said, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings, in the afflictions for the gospel according to the power of God. In other words, because of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, there could be trials, there could be oppositions to to what we're saying and what we're speaking. And there will be trials that we'll have to go through simply because we declare the gospel. Hello, are you there? But the Bible doesn't want us to be terrified in those trials, that it may be that God has called upon us. And then finally, if you come with me to Matthew chapter 10, um, in Matthew 10, Jesus said these words, and of course, anything he says, it's in the red, in my Bible. Um, uh, you'll find in verse 28, he says, Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him. Do not fear those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both the body and the soul in hell. I suppose you could say this, if you're talking of fear, fear is the result of an anticipation that we might suffer harm or things may go wrong. Would you say that's a good definition of fear? The Lord comes to Abraham and says, don't be afraid. I'm your shield and I'm your reward. You must understand that the first mention of fear is when Adam and Eve sinned and hid themselves from God when he came looking for them after they disobeyed and partook of the fruit. It seemed to be in, uh, that when God created Adam and Eve, there was, no, there was no experience of fear at all within their heart. It wasn't a part of, of their life's experience. So we understand that fear, um, not all fear is necessarily because of disobedience, but it can be because we've been disobedient to the Lord. I think that... Uh, Like you, one of the great men that I admire in the scripture is the man called Abraham. He was the father of the faithful. And I want to look at him just for a moment. And uh, it's because of this man, Abraham, um, that his seed, who was the Lord Jesus Christ, um, and through his seed, the Lord Jesus Christ, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. There are about 70 nations on the earth um, uh, at the time uh, uh, after the flood. Uh, but God couldn't find a nation that he could work with. You would, you would, you would assume, wouldn't you, that after, after the devastation of the flood, you would assume that people would, would grow up with um, an understanding that uh, a God is God and God is good, but God is holy and we can't live sinful lives. And, and God couldn't find a nation of which to work through. So we took a man out of a nation of, uh, from the city of Ur of the Chaldeas and from him created another nation. This is the only nation that God created for himself so that he could send his messenger through that nation 
And that messenger would bring a message to the whole world about God's goodness, about God's love, and about God's redemptive power. And you have to admire this man, Abraham. And the reason that I admire him, and I know that you do too, is found in Genesis chapter 12. So if you'll bear with me if I take you on a little journey. In Genesis 12, the Bible says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. And I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great. You shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken and Lot went with him and he was 75 years of age. But the interesting thing that if you come to um, um, uh, Hebrews 11 verse 4, Hebrews 11 verse 8 and says, and as, as he wrote, he said, he went out not knowing where he was going. Have you ever done that? Have you ever gone on a journey not knowing where you're going? My wife, she's just um, such a wonderful person. Um, but there are things that they say, come on, let's go, let, let's go somewhere. And so she just sort of gets in the car and said, now, where are we going? And she wants to know where we're going. And uh, sometimes I could be walking through a shopping centre and uh, where are we going? I remember when we got to uh, the British Museum, uh, uh, the second time we visited the place, um, I, started, I started going through, and just a marvellous place, I started walking through, and I was looking for something and she said, what are you looking for? And every now and then, I'm a little bit cheeky, I say to her, honey, you just got to follow. <laughs> and you know what she says to me? I'm not. I want to know where I'm going. I want to know. And, and of course, I tell her because I want her to come. But sometimes I just like her to, to just trust me, just come with me, you know. But where are we going? What, 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 what's the end in this? Have you ever stepped out going on somewhere and not knowing where you're going? I bet that's not true of most of you. In fact, in fact I would query. You, you're going on a holiday. You plan to go somewhere. Isn't that right? Um, um, uh, um, um, uh, you're going to work, you know where you're going. Um, you, you, none of you step out on not knowing where you're going, do you? Except, except uh, my darling when she goes shopping. She said, where are you going, darling? I'm going to the shop and said, what are you going to do? She said, I don't know. And she just breezes through the shops <laughs> looking for the most marvellous, marvellous sales and she gets the most unbelievable stuff at the most unbelievable price. <laughs> Um, because in the days when we had nothing, God taught us to be disciplined in what we buy. And now that we've come into his favour, we, we don't waste it. And she is still disciplined on what she buys and she gets the best at the most unbelievable. But she just drifts. But she rock approximately know where she is. Now, let me say to you that, let me say to you that you are all like Abraham who believe in Jesus. Every one of you who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are all like Abraham. The Bible says that he called us out of darkness into his marvellous light. The Bible makes it clear to us that we didn't know when he called us out of darkness into his marvellous light where we would be going. We couldn't see the end from the beginning. It was that his word became a lamp to our feet and a light unto our path. If somebody would have said to me, 
when I first came to Rockhampton, that in next year, Alva and I would be beginning our 40th year in this city, I would have said, that's not possible. Because there's nobody in this nation that has served a church for 40 years right now. And next year will be the beginning of our 40th year in the city. But we went out not knowing where we were going. We gave our hearts to Jesus and we began to follow him. And there were certain events and circumstances. I was working in the country and they said, you don't need to be in the country anymore. I went to the country to find her. I didn't know I was going to find her. I was going up into the country to get a job to make a lot of money so I could have a British Racing Green MGB. That's why I went to the country. I went to the country to make money and I found that in, there in the country, uh, Jesus met me and saved my soul. I met a woman who became my bride and then they said after a time, okay, we don't need you back, we need you back in Brisbane. And so circumstances in some measure were in control of our lives and yet at the same time, we didn't know what the future had for us, we just know who held the future. And you... And I were just like Abraham. Of course, in this stage of my life, I feel like Abraham when it says in Genesis 24, he's blessed in all things. You know, if you read Genesis 24, verse 1. So it's important that, I mean, how did I know that God would ever bring me to Rockhampton? How did I ever know that the Lord would lead me? Now, I'm not talking about myself as if I wanted you to focus on me. I want you to focus on yourself. You don't know what next year holds. You don't know what, where you will be 10 years from now. But his word is a lamp to your feet and his word is what? A light unto your path. The Apostle Paul, when he finished the course, said something like this, I've, I've kept the faith, I've fought a good fight and I've finished the race. And he knew that his journeyings was over and he was soon to be with the Lord. During our journeyings and our travels that we're on, even though that we know that the Lord is leading us, directing us, gone ahead of us, He goes ahead of His sheep, we from time to time will have to fight the fears within. Every one of us will. It's not possible to live a life completely out without not having any fears within. Please understand that in my life right now, I'm not aware of any fears that I have within. As I've been saying, I don't say that I'm perfect. I would never suggest that. But we all have to know and recognise that we have to fight from time to time these fears that are within us. The Apostle Paul says, outside conflicts, inside fears, and I'm fighting those things. Paul spoke about fighting the fears within. David spoke about fighting the fears within. And Abram had fears within his life, even though he'd stepped out, not knowing where he was going, following the leading of the Lord, just doing what it is, step by step, week by week, month by month, year by year, God was leading him because God had a plan for his life. God called you and me out of this fallen world, a world that's shrouded in darkness, a world that's that's an enemy of God, he's called us out of it. And we are following him and he tells you and me that Abraham's promises are ours. Now, if you're waiting for those promises to materialise, I remember when Elva and I got saved, 
it wasn't possible for us to have our own home. We lived in a dive so bad you could hear the rats crawling up the wall between the walls at night. It was really a dreadful hole that we were living in when we first got married. I remember when we first got married, we just had enough money. I said, you take one trolley, I'll take the other. And we went down different aisles and we filled up all the groceries. She couldn't cook in those days. Filled up all the groceries that we thought we needed. And we went out and we went home and we didn't have a penny in the bank. We paid our first week rents, paid our bond and that's all we had in life. To stand in that place and say that Abraham's blessings are ours, you can have interferes. But God was leading and he's leading you. And you will have to fight the fears within as he leads you. You'll find, as the scripture says, Abraham's blessings out. The Lord said, I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave your father's house. Sometimes our families don't understand when we begin to follow Jesus. And the Bible says in Matthew 10, 36, sometimes our foes are even those of our own household. I remember my dear wife's mother said to us at one time, wrote a letter, Alva wept, I will never come into your home until you get down on bended knees and beg us. I remember, I remember that her brother-in-law, uh, because mum was really touchy about the reality that we'd committed our lives to Christ and we were following him. And he sat down with us when we were just a young married couple and began to explain to him that blood is thicker than water and that, you know, family is first. And I remember saying to him, the blood of Jesus Christ has forgiven me for all my sin. And our family, her family did not understand. We were not opposed to them. We, we, we loved them. But God had brought us out of darkness into his marvellous light. And God was leading us. And it was, it was, we were fighting fears within. We found um, even her family would become our foes for a time. As we were faithful to him, as we allowed him to lead and as we trusted him. Sometimes the path that God leads us on in those days, they're difficult paths. And it caused, it, 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 it aches when uh, people that we love oppose us. We, we don't wish any harm on them. We don't wish any ill on them. But, but we have to follow the road that the Lord is leading us on. And we don't know what the future holds. People will tell you at times that if you take this path, you'll ruin your future. But in truth, in following the Lord, think of the young people that are, are wonderfully saved in this house. Um, um, what life will look like from your perspective should Jesus tarry in 40 years' time. As you look back and see that he's been leading, as you look back that you've been going before, and if you're to continue to follow him through life's journey, you're going to have to wrestle with the fears within. The apostle Paul did. David did. And so did the father of the faithful, Abraham. Abraham had to fight his fears. And you can see that's why he lied about his wife. Do you know that he lied about his wife? This man of God left his father's house, his country, went on a journey, uh, got into the land that the Lord showed him. And yet the man lied about his wife. 
Come with me, please, to Genesis 12 and have a look at this just for a moment in verse 10 to 11. So Abraham uh, journeyed, going still toward the south. Now there was a famine in the land and Abraham went down to Egypt and dwelt there. I mean, I mean, the interesting thing is that the Lord uh, uh, appeared to him in verse 7 and said, to your descendants, I'll give the land. And he built an altar and the Lord appeared to him and he, and he went down to Bethel and pitched a tent and, and all these sort of built another altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. And he kept journeying south. So if you would have seen where Abraham was, if I had a map of, 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 of old ancient Israel, he went to Haran, which was up near or even past Damascus. And he began to walk down through the, through the, through the, what we know as Israel today. But famine was in the land. So he found himself in Egypt and he dwelt there because the famine was really severe. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To find out more about our church or to hear this message in full, you can purchase or download a copy from our website at www.copchurch.com.au.